Warning, the following podcast is conducted by trained professionals. Any attempts to replicate opinions given in this production may result in serious physical and or mental disfigurement. Viewer discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to the pre-bag portion of the show. This is where I say I'm your host, Luke. And then I say, you know, joining me is some snarky comment. And then it's Matt. He says, hey. I say, how's it going? He says, pretty good. Maybe he says a little cheeky comment and we get on with it. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, could be better. Yeah? Yeah. No. How so? I don't know. I just... It usually gets me down when I have to watch a really shitty movie. Mm. Did you watch a movie other than Highway to Hell? Or what? No. Hmm. Well, I have no clue what you're talking about then. Last week, we... You know, we gave the wheel another shot. We were gonna... We said, hey, let's see what happens. We got Highway to Hell. 1991 film, directed by a nobody, but nobodies can be somebody, produced by a bunch of no-names. You know, if I click on a link on Wikipedia of someone and it doesn't have a Comic-Con picture, nobody. So Not worth paying attention to, for sure. Produced by nobodies, uh, written by nobody, starring nobodies, but, you know, a good movie nonetheless. We we had predictions last week. How many bags do you think you're going to give it? I, I was a downer, guys. I'm not going to lie. I said six. And I'm not um, I'm not too proud to uh, admit that I was wrong. It's not a six-bag movie. It's a ten-bag movie here today. Um, we can get into it if you want. But <laughs> it's a hell of a movie. It's funny as hell. It's creative as hell. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's a rock and rolling good time. What, what do you think of the movie, Matt? Such a non-entity of a movie. I mean, this is mm. the kind of thing mm-hmm. that the uh, blockbuster guy keeps under the counter because it hasn't been rented in three years. Right. So he's using it as a paperweight. I mean, this movie just sucks complete and total ass. Yeah. Um, it's not funny. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the action is... Why'd I laugh then? So, just a question. What? Well, you know, you got a couple of screws loose, that's for sure. Hmm. You got a couple of screws loose if you think this movie's worth anything. If it's if you think it's worth the film that it was printed on, or the tape, whatever ch- cheap shit they use for this $45 movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I made 26000 so... $26,000? Yeah, US. And what was the... And what was the budget? Well, for you, you were being a, a smart ass and said it was forty five, so forty five dollars. Well, let's see how big of a profit that is. Um, all right, twenty six thousand um, divided by forty five dollars. Just uh, you know, uh, multiplying that by a hundred, you know, a fifty seven thousand percent profit. Tell me what's good about the movie. It's funny okay, as so hell. I, what's on, hold on a sec. Let me just say the plot first, okay? Right. So the plot is these two uh, teenagers are running away from home to get Our married. Our two heroes. Right? And they take their dog along. Mm-hmm. And 
they're going down this road. They're going to Vegas mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. I to guess, get married. To get married. Uh, and then they get caught by a helicopter. The helicopter. On this random back road to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and then they, and then, um, what's the what's the lady's name? It's Rachel Clark. So did you watch the movie? I watched the movie. I'll tell you all the shit in it. Okay. I watched the movie. I I didn't enjoy it though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they take Rachel, and then this dumbass guy has to go save her, and he goes to hell. Mm-hmm. And he takes the highway to hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the titular highway to hell. Mm-hmm. And then he just runs around hell for uh, about an hour, and then the movie's over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now tell me what's good about this movie, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay, well, the movie, it's something everyone can relate to. Okay. Um, we've all been in love. That's not even true. Well, we've all been in love. We've all had a dog. And we've all been to hell in one way or another. In, you know, in the 60s, 70s, that hell was a nom for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, for this couple, their hell was the deserts of either Arizona or California. Was this movie? Huh? Their hell was this movie. It, that's what I'm saying, yeah. When the characters, their hell is... No, that's not what I meant, but okay. Well, look, um, we've all been there. It's a story as old of time, uh, old as time. You know, there's someone you love, they're in a bit of trouble. you got to help them out. Okay. Charlie, he, it's kind of, he's kind of like John McCain. Have you seen Die Hard? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen Die Hard. Well, this is basically Die Hard. It's it's sequel, I guess. Um, Spiritual successor. Yeah, yeah, there's twists and turns. Um, there's this guy named Bezel. I don't. Should we do spoilers for this movie, or should people to see it? Um, I don't know, man. There's so many. Uh, there's, you know what? Uh, normally, for a movie of this caliber, I would say let's keep it a secret. But you know what? Why not? I think uh, the movie has so much to offer that they'll enjoy it anyway. Okay, well, have you seen Star Wars? Yeah, I've seen Star Wars. Okay, well, you know, there's classic twists in movies where everyone knows them. They're just so, they're so big. Like, you know, Vader's Luke's father, um, Sixth Sense, I See Dead People, um, Planet of the Apes are on Earth. This movie has that. There's this character named Beazle. Charlie is kind of, you know, entrusts him. Um, he's kind of the father figure. He's the Obi-Wan, like in Star Wars. He's, you know, he's here to guide him. He has this cute little kid. A great hell of a kid actor. And it's a, Charlie? You mean it? He's so, he's cute. But turns out Beazle is the devil. And... <sighs> That's heavy because there's always people in life that we're going to trust. Um, we're going to say, hey, I'm I'm Charlie Sykes and I'm here to rescue my girlfriend. Can you help me out and get me out of hell? And it turns out that that person rules hell. I mean, when does that... That's happened to you probably. 
that's such subtle foreshadowing too when the weird mysterious guy whose name Bezel is uh actually turns out to be sane. Exactly. I mean, I, who exactly. Would have seen it coming? That's what I'm saying. You All know, right, there's so that... well let me go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. Ben still is in this movie and you got to look, if a a movie has Ben Stiller in it, it's got to be good. And to have Ben Stiller as a side character, that is some big money. You know, Matt's making jokes about $45. I'd like to see you weigh $45 in Ben Stiller's face and get him in your movie as Genghis Khan and uh, uh, and a cook make Kraken wise he and he's funny he you know <laughs> oh it doesn't want my meat okay <laughs> um, <laughs> you see uh jerry still is in this too he's funny and the whole <laughs> you're laughing again and the whole stiller family is in it and they're great cleopatra's and gilbert godfrey as hitler classic because he's saying you know i'm not hitler again i i feel that i'm not hitler either and sometimes people just tell you you are what you aren't, you know? This movie yeah. just has a little bit of everything for everyone. Hell Cop. Have you seen um have you seen Terminator? You know Terminator? Yeah, yeah, I've seen Terminator. I think I don't want to point any fingers, but um you know, the director, Mr. Jong here, he better he could probably get some bucks because Terminator rips off Hell Cop. I'm gonna say it. Which Terminator? The well, the first, the whole franchise, really. Alright, uh, because I think the first one came out like four years before this movie came out. Right. Yeah, but they started writing Highway to Hell before that. Okay. Okay. Well, I can't confirm that. Oh, you should have done your research. Um, any, it, it's a good movie. Lots, lots to like here, and you know, I think it's really a sign. That the wheel is here to stay when it gives us movies like Highway to Hell. What what did you think about it, though? Yeah, you know, it's fun for the home fa uh, whole family for sure, but only the Stiller family. Um, all other families exempt from that. Uh, the movie base... Look, the movie's not good. It's it's a direct-to-video core movie. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this, like, it's relatively inoffensive. Yeah. But that's also its biggest sin, because there really is nothing here for you. Look, here's, I, I wrote down what's good about the movie, okay? Okay. Long list. Uh, long list, of course. Uh, some of the performances are okay. In fact, this is probably the most well-roundedly average performance I've seen from a cast, from a movie of this level, of course. If we're talking like a big-budget movie, I mean, this just, just throw it all in the trash, not even worth it. Um, the main guy, you know, his character is, is ineffectual. He's as charismatic as a, a old hot dog, but I mean, he does an okay performance as guy who's scared and wide eyed and sweaty. He's doing a pretty Would good job. Would you be sweaty McQueen. in hell? Yes or no? Huh? Would you be scared and sweaty in hell? Yes or no? Yeah, I'd be scared and sweaty in hell. Okay. Well, you do not have to be, you do not, you he doesn't have to be a badass, but he has to be interesting, and he fails at both, so... Well, okay. There's problem number one. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's uh, his guy's okay, and yeah, he's got the dirty... He's got a gun, and he's got a dirty tank top, so I guess he's John McClane, too. Yeah, he's... Yep. All right. You win this one. Okay. 
And some of the sets are okay. Like some of the costuming's all right. It's a it's a budget picture, as you can obviously tell. Um, you know that scene with Hitler and Cleopatra and Ben Stiller as Genghis Khan. That was that was kind of funny too. Like haha. Mm hmm. It's, but it's something you know that I would see on SNL uh, and kind of chuckle at after I got home drunk on a Saturday night. It's not really. Yeah. Well, guess I... where SNL got it from. So. Well, okay. Uh, and you know what else is good? Uh, there's a couple good hell gags. Uh, the Good Intentions Paving Company. That was funny. Haha, that was a funny little scene. Um, what else is good about the movie? Uh, that's it. Mm. That's it. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, yeah. Well, we can disagree. It's fine. Look, this the soundtrack in this is so bad. I had to look up the band that made this piece of crap mm -hmm. uh, it's called hidden faces i couldn't find basically anything about them um well they don't even have a wikipedia so there you go well if, um okay no go ahead go ahead well if you know if people weren't uh so greedy and that was wasn't their sin um maybe they would get some some good tunes in here but you know as the the music industry is what it is you People can't afford music, Matthew. Yeah, it's a shame that good music is so expensive to license for your film. I agree. It's you know, it's a, it's just a problem in the industry in general that talented people charge a lot mm -hmm. because they know their worth. I agree. Uh, I agree. It's a no, I it's agree. A I agree that they they charge too much. It's a shame. Um, yep. the the story is boring as hell. Mm -hmm. It's just, let me just go save my girlfriend, and he just talks to a bunch of people who make uh, silly faces and stick their tongues out at him. Have you ever played Mario? I played Mario before, yeah. Is that a good game? Yeah, it's a good, well, yeah, I mean. What's a plot of Mario? The <laughs> plot of Mario is, uh, he's got to save his girlfriend from uh, an evil turtle. Uh-huh, so explain that one. Well, the plot in Mario is not good. That's not why people play Mario. Oh. So, people mm. play Mario because there's gameplay that's enjoyable. But, unfortunately, there's no gameplay here. There's a weird end credit stinger um, where they give you a where are they now thing. That, that was, was so funny. Of, that was so out of place and it wasn't funny. It I was bet they funny. thought it was funny. It was not funny. It was funny. It, it wasn't. It was. It was what overly was long, and because it was just so long and just so like. <laughs> have you ever like, seen Spaceballs? <laughs> yeah, I seen Spaceballs. You know that gag at the beginning where the the ship goes on forever. That gag is based on. It's based. Something I agree. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, you know, there's a haha, funny. She opens a pizza shop, he he makes video games. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe he'll make a Mario type game. That would be cool. Uh be yeah, cool. so the plot sucks. Uh the characters like they're just they're super stock. Um there's this guy named Royce I like. Actually kind of like he's like the only kind of interesting character in this. He's just the son of Satan that used to live in the human world, but Apparently, what happens is that people drive down this highway to hell, and then Hellcop will just come and take them, <laughs> or kill them. 
as we see with Adam, whose whole family and dog got killed, and then he just got brought to hell. Uh, Royce was interesting as the son of Satan who got rejected by Satan, and he was just really pissed at him. And there's a decent scene when you don't... Look, you don't... You know right away that Beazle is going to be sane, but there's a scene where after Charlie has met with Beazle and he's repaired his car for him, Royce goes to see Beazle, and they have a conversation with a weird energy because up to that point you see Royce isn't afraid of anybody and that he's intimidating anybody he can but then he's weirdly respectful and reserved with Bezos so you know something's up there that was probably the only well-directed scene or well-scripted scene in the whole movie mm-hmm. uh, everything else uh, is not that good hmm. well I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there on so what almost... else is good huh what else is good I'm glad you asked. Um, there's some good practical effects. You know, on the show, we say, a please couple, do practical. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, a couple of good ones. Yeah, yeah. We always say, please do practical. Please do practical. Well, they listened to this movie. Thank God. And, you know, they get Cerberus. You get a... shit. Yeah, Cerberus would look unappealing matthew no was, no 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 it's not gonna be a little kirby ta it's gonna be this a little the, is, is this cope of personality what is this and there's a good gag it's kind of like a a dark comedy moment where charlie um well we should say that there's a big plot point in this movie charlie wants to get laid um he wants to he wants to come but not by not by with himself with the with the woman, yeah. Um, and and that woman is Rachel. He wants to come with her. And um, she says no, not until we're married. Come on, I don't want to lose my virginity in the back of a Ford. She's more. Of a did she say? Tesla did she say girl. not? In, did she say not until we're married, or just not in the Ford Pinto? Well, she, um, she said with her mouth the forward thing. She said with her eyes the marriage. Good acting there. Um, the little subtlety. Anyway, so there's a scene where, you know... Have you ever seen um, Flash Gordon? Yeah, I've seen Flash Gordon. I think the scene was inspired by Flash Gordon. He finds her in a room. And that's, that's the Flash Gordon reference. He finds her. And... She's horny as uh, she's horny as hell. I'll say that. Hey, 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 cool, hey, hey, cool. And, <laughs> and she's coming on to him, and he's like, "This is weird." And then, boom, she's a demon, and this demon has saggy boobs and gross skin and some horns because she's horny. And it was just so gross looking. That freaked me out because oh, that's that's his girlfriend. You know, he saved the day. Boom. Nope. Freak out. It's a it's a gross out scene. Kind of body horror. It almost reminded me of Hellraiser, in uh, in that sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> almost almost Cronenberg esque. Actually, a little Lynchian. It freaked me out, honestly. I'm gonna. Uh, I, I, Kafka ask. I'm st- honestly still thinking about it. Um, so that was a good scene. Good practical effects work on the demon. There's a scene where there's this ice cream guy. He's a main. Well, oh my, another good gag. This uh, lady with a large chest. She comes over. She's like, hey, baby. To Charlie, I should say, hey, baby. 
Um, I'll take you to hell or whatever, Hell City. <laughs> and <laughs> laughing again. And um, she leans over, shows him the goods, and he's like, hubba hubba. Kind of remind me of Star Trek whenever uh, a girl would come on screen and everyone would go, ooga. And she's like, I can, I'll show you, but only if my brother can come. And he's like this crazy, um, almost reminded me of Twisted Metal. Uh, this this crazy guy with his ice cream scoop, and he's like, I'm gonna kill you! Charlie takes off his uh, scattergun from TF2 and just blows his head up, and great practical effects there. Helicopter looks good. He, um, I don't know. He, he, he just, something about his design. He has his pentagram on him, it looks really unique and cool. And kind of reminds me, have you seen Robocop? Um, yeah, I have. Um, you know what the thing with Helicop is? They they even fucked up Helicop because it's so easy to get, like, a cool character like this that just has a, you know, a, a, an on-screen presence, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone can feel it. They gave him this even decent makeup job, and then he's just, like, this fucking robot walking around doing stuff. He's so unconvincing. He's so unintimidating. It's unbelievable. If the he, performance oh, here, oh, physically, yeah? shit. it's shit. Oh, is it? It's shit, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's really yeah. weird because uh, he went on to play Jason Voorhees. So what do you know? He went on to play Jason Voorhees. Well, I'm glad I haven't seen any Friday the Thirteenth then. So to pre-answer your question, no, I haven't seen Friday the Thirteenth. Well, he's in it, uh, and he's intimidating. That's why he got the part, jackass. So. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure what happened is one of the producers told them, "Hey, you know, I really like your body of work. You know, come to the room and we'll see how you can shake it." That's probably how he got the part. Give me a hell of a time. Yeah, I bet he did. Um. So yeah, I, there's lots to love. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um. In, well, I have to disagree with you there, unfortunately. Look, it's not the worst movie we've seen by far. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it was it's watchable. Okay. Yep. It's even decently paced. I wasn't even that bored. I was like pretty, you know, I was pretty consistently bored throughout the film. I would say. So in that way, you know, there's no there's no real valleys here, no peaks either. That's for sure. It's it's sort of a prairie land of a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think that was intentional because they're in a very flat sort of landscape, so they were complementing it with that. Um, with that, yeah, I'm sure that's what they were really going for. I also have to say that they, in terms of the hell design, like okay, you know, they don't have that much money, I guess. So yeah, they have to pick a California desert to be hell, all right, and maybe that's not actually that far off from hell, but then. You have all this, you have all these sets and you have all these people and the best they can do with all this potential of just depicting hell, which you can do in so many ways is, is just these bad jokes. It's so, it's, it's lame. Uh-huh. The, the good intentions is the only good joke that they have in this. And then everything else is just like, what you'd expect. Oh, Hitler's here. Oh, and he's Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, and he's not even like funny in that scene, really. It's just novel. It's just mm-hmm. banal. They don't do anything interesting with the idea, you know, you get a bumper sticker and that's what you're getting as the jokes here. 
uh, I don't know. Try something new. I mean, shit. Do you want to go to the the bag section of the show? Yeah, that's all I have to say about the movie. This is like the least amount of notes I've ever taken. Uh, yeah, let's go to the bags. All right. So I said at the beginning of the episode, um, the the wheel is here to stay. This movie really showed me that um, it was divine intervention. Ten bags. Ten bags for this one. And you know what? Um, Bonus bags. Hell is a little hot, so take a water bottle, too. Uh, two out of five bags. Well, we disagreed on uh, Face Off. We can disagree here. Um, yeah. Next week, we're doing Clue. Get excited. That Well, I'm, de- I'm definitely more excited for that than I was for today's show. Yeah. Well, this one was uh, was recommended by a, a viewer. We we did we've done recommendations before. We did uh, Big Trouble in Little China. We'll do it again. If um, if Kalu is bad, no more, no more recommendations. We're not going to be listening to you guys. So save your breath. But if it's good, hey, we love our fans. We'll be happy to uh, happy to oblige. And we'll review each of the... We'll be giving bags for the movies and for each of the endings as well. And we'll be giving bags for the person who recommended the movie. <laughs> it sounds good to me. We'll be... be a... No, go ahead, go ahead. No, please, you go ahead. I, I was going to say, it's going to be a real bag extravaganza. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Lots of bags of popcorn for all you popcorn munchers. We won't be pulling any punches when we rate you as a person. And I want you to take what we will say um, wholeheartedly um, and use it as a guideline for yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we criticize something, film or not, I mean, you better listen because we know what we were talking about. Fuck what you heard. It's what you're hearing. Okay. Bless up. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, okay, this is now the post-bag section of the show. We do things in threes here. Like comedy. Like Ben Stiller in Highway to Hell. It's funny. Oh, I didn't even get to t- mention Ben Stiller, um, really. Um, yeah, he's kind of dumb in this movie. Uh, you know, I Luke uh, talks shit about Ben Stiller in Royal Tenenbaums when he's okay. And of course now he's trying to save face for his terrible pick of a movie, but Ben Stiller is just doing the worst Ben Stiller impression here. He's not doing a Ben Stiller impression. He's making jokes. He's not making. He's making jokes, but they're not. They're not hidden. Yeah, it's called. Do you know what acting is? You have you ever seen a? Have you heard of movies? Yeah, I heard of movies. Yeah, it, he's he's pretending, Matthew. That's not really him. Well, maybe he could pretend a little bit better. So say we all. Um, post bags, Matthew and I, we finished Cowboy Bebop. And uh, it was my first, well, not my first time. It was my first time watching it in a while. Uh, I hadn't seen it since uh, maybe end of elementary school or like beginning of high school, sometime around then. And I remember like really liking it. But, you know, I was a teenager, so what the hell did I know? 
Uh, now I watch it as a, a grown adult, and I have to say, damn good show. And if I had to give it bags, ten bags, a good, just as good as Highway to Hell, maybe a little bit better. Okay, let's talk about Cowboy Bebop versus Highway to Hell. Okay. Okay. I'll say the main character in Highway to Hell is way better, way cooler, yep. way more handsome. Um, I'll also say that um, if we're comparing Satan to Vicious, I mean Satan, he's the he's the he's the king of hell. I mean, how can you get more evil than that? So he wins. I know we're, we're fucking around. Let's be honest here. Okay. No, what were you saying? Uh, and then last thing, uh, the, if we had to compare the dogs, uh, I would say Ayn, um, you know, he's cute, but he, I never get to see him pee on screen, so I'll give, uh, I'll give the edge to whatever the dog was named in Highway to Hell. Did the dog pee on screen in Highway to Hell? I, yes, because that's how he distracts the Cerberus, is that he goes to, I don't know. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's genius. That was Good writing. That's kind of a fun. That's kind of a funny scene. Can we talk about also on Highway to Hell the genius Deus Ex Machina? We were done with that. Well, I just remembered something. The yes. genius writing. Um, there's a well. That movie ends in a in a race, and the um, the old mysterious guy, the old creepy guy at the beginning of the movie, kind of a friday the 13th moment you know you have the gas station guy who says you know don't go there he says oh i put something important in your car genius writing genius because then he um uses that important thing in his car later on in the movie he set up and payoffs that's what this movie has in spades yeah uh he hits the nas on that one and uh i think that was an homage to fast and furious but i i can't be sure it may have been um, but Cowboy Bebop, let's be real here, good show. I mean, I'm like, as if we're the first people to say it, but killer soundtrack. I I, I kind of want to get a copy of the soundtrack, to be honest. Um, I, bet the, I bet the record of it is like $400 million trillion well, on how to print, almost certainly. <laughs> Let's check. Let's check right now. Um, it's just the way things go. I mean, look, guys, if you see a record that you like, buy it. And at a decent price, I really mean just buy it. I mean, you're going to regret it later on. Let's see what the latest um, LP was. Uh, 65 bucks right now on resale. Not bad. Mint condition sealed in mint condition. Thank you. First, that's not too bad. Plus $35 shipping? Uh, can you just uh, fuck yourself? <laughs> that's what sucks about living in Canada. I don't know if that's a Canada exclusive It, it is. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Everything's cost. You get to add like double the price of whatever you're buying for just for the shipping. Like, let me just walk there. It's going to be cheaper. Yeah, like in it, I've heard like shipping in America is so fast and yeah, it's 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 cheap as it's cheap as hell. <laughs> no shit. Uh, but what what did you think of the show? Great show. Um, I'm not that into 
anime well i guess i am starting to get into it now mm-hmm. it's just a matter of time you know there's too much peer pressure around me <laughs> i'm not that strong of a soul i was gonna cave eventually but it was a great show i liked it a lot uh, i'll definitely rewatch it you know the animation is slick um it's very mature storytelling uh, more so than you would expect i don't know for just more so than for sure western audiences would expect for anything animated yeah um it the ending is great, um, and I, I guess arguably one of the most famous images of the show was just the ending image. I actually saw that long before I saw the show, but you know from the first episode that Spike's gonna bite it, I guess, um, and it's done very well. The show, my favorite thing about the show, is that they take the mold of the space western, and I don't think I've seen any space western done more authentically. In yeah. the sense that they really take the idea of the Western and, like, the thematic core of the Western and, you know, the loneliness um, and the danger and the ennui and stuff like that, and they really translate it well without it just being, like, you know, a Western per se. It makes it its own thing. Uh, I think one of the things that they were espousing as sort of a promotional tagline for the show is that Bebop is going to be its own genre. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen much anime, so I don't know if that uh, is true. I don't know if there were many space westerns inspired by this, but I would like to think that people would take a lot of lessons from the show because anime or not, it's great. Yeah, I was reading up on the show, just some trivia, and the director said that he, um, not that he regretted it, but he said that the genre thing was an exaggeration, and I was like, oh, come on, don't say that. Like, when when they said that in the show, like, they could you could tell just from that tagline like they they knew what they're making was good and they had confidence in it um enough to say that like don't don't backpedal now because nobody's actually saying oh this genre is cowboy bebop um like come on it it's 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 so idiosyncratic if if a show or movie or whatever tried to emulate that everyone would know it's it's so um so tasteful it's tasteful um you know when he said that and once again i don't know if that was like maybe the some exec some marketing exec said hey this is the tagline we should go to or we should use and maybe to a degree it's true but he wanted to backtrack kind of reminds me like when the beach boys used to have the tagline uh brian wilson is a genius like, that may be true, but I don't know. It might have been, you know, something that they don't want to push to the forefront, maybe because, number one, it can be seen as a little conceited or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I one thing that is great about the show as well is that they blend just a lot of Western fiction in general into it, and I guess it takes more influence than other animes would in that regard. Like, there's noir. <laughs> I love the episode. I love the jet noir episode and there's noir influence throughout it but there's that one episode where they even have the black and white flashbacks where he's wearing a pinstripe suit and a fedora and it ends in great fashion but it doesn't feel like inauthentic or like imitation um it's like wearing your influence on your sleeve and being proud of the fact that you know you take you know you really enjoy these kind of genres or these genres you feel are, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like, 
it's a great way to display his influence in a very open, open way. Um, but it's all executed with enough depth touch that it all comes off really well. I love that episode. Um, there's like a bunch of homages to just like other Western films or TV shows, which is, I guess, another great reason why it's accessible for mainstream audiences is that in that regard, it's, it's sort of a meet a meeting of the Western and Eastern way of long form storytelling or TV or cinema kind of approach. Yeah. Um, the whole show just seems to be almost like enamored with, uh, Western media. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. Go for it. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say like, there's so many good episodes like the one that's basically just like a star trek and alien episode where um this lobster that spike leaves in the fridge just becomes so moldy that it becomes sentient and then ed just eats it at the end which is funny um i i just love how the um, the writing of the characters or it's just so it's so real um the characters are so yeah they're just so real like you you get the sense even when like they don't say stuff they're saying stuff um they just seem like roommates um and just the way they communicate with one another is just authentic there's no forced like exploit uh, not exploitation um what's the word exposition exposition there's no like force exposition dumps which always happen in anime and oh, i hate it when characters just like say things um we started watching a uh, neon genesis and there was this one part where that happened in it um where this uh scientist or i forget what character might have been he's talking with um shinji's dad and Shinji's dad leaves to go see Shinji, and he's like, uh, he hasn't seen him in three years. Why the hell would anyone say that randomly out loud? Like, that's just cringe exposition. Just Nobody would say that, and they... I mean, that's not as bad as some animes do, like the whole flashback thing where they... Just like Naruto, whenever Naruto fights some guy and then they pause fighting for an episode or two so Naruto can do a sad uh, backstory dump with a violin playing in the background. Like, ah, oh, come on. that's That would never happen. You got to be a bit uh, more creative than that. Just show, don't tell. Yep. And I mean, another great thing with, uh, about Bebop is, you know, the visual style is nice, not in the sense that that just the animation is fluid or the art style is 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 tasteful but they they take care and in, in shock composition and they take care to tell as much as they can through visual or to convey you know symbolism or or, or these metaphors it's it's rife with them and it's all done in a way that you can tell that this that the director or the showrunner or the people involved in the creation of this really are putting care into each and every episode to make it the best that it can be it's it's not something that's you know uh slap shot like just put together hastily to you know meet a deadline because you gotta put out a million episodes a year 
um, it's only like a 26, 27 episode series and it's extremely tight. Yeah, there's not like, there's, there's not a single episode where I said, okay, that was a waste of, that was a waste of time. Even like, they have maybe one, well, I guess they have like the mold episode, then they have like the Ed and Ein episode, which I like, and it is, the rest of the cast are just tripping on mushrooms, and Ed and Ein are just going around doing their thing, and whatever, you, you gotta have... Uh, you gotta have an episode dedicated to even the dog, and it, and it's good. And I I I like. I'm pretty sure it was the first episode. Um, where because every episode they end with like a little tagline. It's sometimes see you space cowboy. That's the one they usually use, but they they switch it up. And in the first episode, it's either the first or the second one. It's easy come, easy go, and that kind of that's kind of the motif of the show because ed and i just leave there's no like sad goodbye um where they say like i'll miss you kid you know for around mars we'll give you a shout or anything like that like i ed just leaves i follows you know ed paints a big bye-bye on the bebop but other than that she dips and same with uh <laughs> spike he just dips I, I, I like that. It's just matter of fact, like, there's nothing, it's like so cinematic and at the same time there's nothing cinematic about it. Because in a, for a Western audience, again, it would just be like this big thing and when Faye finds out her backstory, we would get it in full, it would be a complete thing, she would meet her parents again, it would be epic. Um, maybe there'd be a twist like her parents don't didn't actually like her and they put her up for adoption and or not put her up for adoption put her in the cryostasis and be drama there but no it's just she finds a tape about her past she doesn't get much out of it Ed kind of helps her find where her house might have been she goes there it's gone sorry uh, kind of heavy but uh, it's good it's good, yeah. Like that whole idea um, that the show is preoccupied with, with the past and also with fatalism and just the idea that you know things happen and they're gonna happen and there's no avoiding them. It's all, it's ambitious, um, in it's like thematic content in that way, and it and it really succeeds, and it does so not in having necessarily a great arc where you have like the characters you know going on this grand journey and they're taught things along the way but it's just a series of minis adventures in which there's stuff that relates to what the show is saying as a whole in each one um but in a variety of different ways with a ton of different characters who are seen once and and die off it just goes to show that number one that the world building is great and that they're really capable of creating these three-dimensional characters and then just to dispose of them to really give credence that this world is is you know fully realized um but it also once again just lends to the idea um and you know it's epitomizing spike's catchphrase uh, sort of with his catchphrase i think he says like three or four times on the show which is just whatever happens happens Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a great way to sum it up in general yeah like everything is just so unapologetic he he finally gets his love and then boom dead 
Sorry. No, uh, no touching reunion. No loving embrace. Just, oh, dead. Mm. I don't know. It's really, really good. I mean, it even, like, has the balls to have, like, a Heaven's Gate episode. Oh, yeah, that one's pretty good. And I guess that was pretty fresh in the consciousness at the time. I mean, when did Heaven's Gate, when did that stuff happen? Like 90s. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe 80s, one sec. Uh, da, 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 da. it was founded in 1974, um, but in 1997, that was when, uh, there was a mass suicide. Oh, so that was, like, yeah, like, the year after, or maybe, like, less than a year after the show came out, I think, in 98. So, yeah, that's pretty timely, and it's also done pretty tastefully as well. And they tie it into themes of just transhumanism and uploading your consciousness into the ether and etc etc and it's yeah. got a great ending too there's a lot of those sort of reveals at the end because a lot of the show has influence from mystery of course and they're almost always great yeah and i i, I like i like how quiet the show is too like the first episode when he's flying in space and like whistling it's just so he's so alone and i don't know it's just like and I, I, I like seeing space as this fun, exciting, thrilling place like in Star Wars, but it's also cool like in Alien or like in Bebop, seeing it as a much more cold and solemn place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ten bags. Ten bags for Bebop. Ten bags out of ten. Almost better than Highway to Hell. Yeah, that's my consensus. All right. Did he give bags? Give, give it some bags. For Bebop? Yeah. Give it four out of five bags. Four to five? What would you... Um, is it like a... Is it like a four to five because there are things that you dislike or just four to five because they're, it's missing that X factor? A little bit of the X... Well, I mean, the X factor is certainly there. This is a show with great spirit and, and, it's, and great wit and it's all good. There's just some small things here and there that I have qualms with. Maybe they'll be... You know, if I rewatch the show, then maybe I'll be able to overlook or perhaps to appreciate some of the smaller stuff more. Um, but nothing major that I would pinpoint to. Um, do you have any little things like on hand? I'm just, I'm, I'm just curious. Mm, like sometimes, um, like one thing that I like, um, I like the character of Ed, but um, she didn't do that much. And I mean, mm-hmm. she serves as comic relief uh, predominantly, but I didn't find her terribly funny because she Fair has enough. this sort of, she has a kind of brand of humor, which is just, uh, just childlike whimsy where she just says silly things and waves her arms around and that's fine. Her character's fine. It's not a big deal. I thought it, I just thought given that it's Faye, Jet, and Spike, I mean, given they're a- adults and I guess they introduced her as, I don't know, she's like, what, supposed to be 14 or something. I thought she would just, you know contribute a little more um to the storytelling but there isn't uh but she doesn't really yeah um maybe like a couple of weaker episodes here and there but you know that's just the nature of tv uh but yeah that's like the only thing i can think of on hand yeah the ed stuff is if i had to like cope i mean i i personally think she's some most she's funny most of the times 
Um, sometimes, like, it is just like, oh, I'm walking funny, waving my arms around. Mm. Um, but I, it's kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting to see the contrast of these characters that, like, know they're in a Western, like, Spike even says I'm an old-fashioned cowboy, and they're just so serious and solemn, and then you just have this, like, feral girl, feral human that just saying stupid shit all the time, and, like, doesn't even know it. Like, uh, Faye, um, she calls, like, Faye, 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 and she's like, stop trying to be cute. And Ed's like, what? Great character interactions, too, in that show. Yeah. They all play off each other very well. It's a good dynamic on the ship. They're they're not at all very friendly with each other. And even at the end, you know, Jet and Spike, they're great friends, you know, but they don't have some grand farewell. They just have a little conversation um, steeped in allegory, and then Jet says, all right, see ya, and he didn't even make a big show of it. Yeah, and um, Jet's just cleaning the, cleaning the ship, doing his duty. Another day, another dollar. Not for them. <laughs> yeah, they they broke us out. This this show was this show. You know, you could retitle this show uh, "Loser Simulator 1998." <laughs> you guys are you guys are bums. They can't even they can't even make it. They don't eat. They don't eat a lot. They're hungry the whole show. Mushroom I don't dessert. Shiitake <laughs> mushrooms for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bounty hunting seems like a... I don't think I'd be cut out for it. I think my favorite character might be Faye, now that I'm a bit older. Yeah? Yeah, she's just written very well. Like, you can tell that she just has a lot of, um... She has a lot of personal issues, and whenever she gets close to someone, then she just wants to to run away because not being with someone is better than being with someone and getting hurt. And, um, I think she like, I think she, she loved, uh, spike at the end. And then when he runs away, it like kind of kills her a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She's written well. Four to five bags for bebop for me. All right. I'll watch them. We're going to watch uh, Neon Genesis. We'll let you guys know how that goes. Yeah. I've uh, finished season... I, swear, I don't know if I... I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day. Finished season two of Fargo was epic. On season three, almost done. Uh, maybe finish it tonight if I power through it. But uh, we'll see next week. Uh, Clue. Matt, you have anything you want to say? Uh, no, I think that's about it for me. All right, till next time, bye-bye. anything you heard today make sure to stay tuned for weekly episodes available for streaming on spotify apple Podcasts, and umfm.com 
And don't forget to follow our Instagram page at COP Podcast.